Hey, welcome to Inbound Agency Journey, episode number 60. This is Andrew Dembski, and we are very excited to have you here. We've got a great interview lined up with Kathleen Booth. Kathleen is the CEO of Quintain Marketing down in Annapolis, Maryland. And in this interview, she and I touch on all different areas of their agency. They've got some very, very cool stuff going on. She's going to tap into a little bit about how they deliver inbound servicing, some of their inbound sales consultancy. They're doing some really, really cool stuff there and also share some successful case studies that brought them a HubSpot Impact Award. So some awesome stuff inside of this interview. Without further ado, folks, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. Hey, Kathleen. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. We're so excited to have you here right now. Uh, How about you kick us off by just introducing yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about the agency. Sure. Um, Well, my name is Kathleen Booth, and I am the co-founder and um, CEO of Quintain Marketing. We are a HubSpot Platinum Level Partner Agency. We're based out of Annapolis, Maryland. And uh, we basically help our clients uh, meet their goals through improving the effectiveness of marketing and sales. So in addition to providing um, fully outsourced inbound marketing um, services. We also design websites. We offer uh, sales consulting and sales and marketing alignment services. And we help our clients with promotional marketing, which is kind of the offline equivalent or or version. Um, We do a lot of trade show strategies, promotional products, dimensional mailings, things like that. Um, And so we like to think of ourselves as really a virtual marketing department for a lot of our clients. That is awesome. Touching a wide variety of services there. Um, Typical client, are they, do you see them crossing all those different scopes of services or do they kind of run in tunnels based on what you're doing for any specific clients? So our best clients really do take advantage of all those different services. And I think that's because when we're looking for clients, when we're, when we're working with a prospect, what we're really looking for is a company that's going to view us as a partner, as opposed to a vendor. And so, you know, we believe that all the different services we offer when you put them together, really provide a complete solution, not just for marketing, but also for sales. And so we can kind of close the loop on, on revenue for them. Um, so we also think that a lot of those pieces are, are so closely connected, you know, as I'm sure, you know, if you're doing inbound marketing, your website is so essential to success. And so most of the time when we work with clients on their inbound marketing, we're redesigning their website. And in the course of working with them, we'll also find that there are some deficiencies in their sales process or their sales and marketing departments are not well aligned. And that's that's preventing them from realizing the full potential of their uh, inbound marketing program. And so that's really why we offer all those different things is that there there is this interdependent nature. Um, and I think, you know, we're so focused on on at the end of the day, it only matters if we get results for them. So sales, revenue, et cetera. And to do that, we really need to help and help them in all those areas. That's great. 
So you're you're covering a wide scope here. Has the agency always been structured in that way, or have did it come about where you were working with clients and saw that they had pains and kind of grew the agency to meet those? What's what's kind of the background on how you guys got started? Sure. Well, we have actually evolved quite a bit, and I, and I think if you look at our history, we're now almost eleven years old. We it's a the story of many rebirths and reinventions. Um, when we first started the company back in two thousand and five. It was really a promotional marketing agency. So we were doing a lot of branded products, um, online company stores, trade show strategies, that kind of thing. And that was also early days with a lot of digital marketing. And then um, as we we matured, we expanded into social media first and blogging. And we were kind of doing inbound without calling it inbound. Um and then discovered HubSpot, and that really provided us with what I see as kind of a, a really comprehensive framework for offering those services in a way that's more scalable. And I think our most recent reinvention is really um, the sales services. So that, and that's kind of a funny story. I actually spoke about it at um, HubSpot's inbound conference this past fall, and you know what they asked me to talk about was essentially how we got fired by a client. Um, and <laughs> it was, it was a total aha moment. I mean, we had been working with this client for six months. They were a startup. And in the six month period of time we worked with them, we got them, I think it was like 85 marketing qualified leads and they weren't able to close a single one of them. And the owner called me up really angry and said, you didn't get me any customers. And so I'm firing you. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> that's crazy to talk about your failures. <laughs> But, um, you know, my first reaction was really, you know, well, that's not my job. I'm your marketing department. I'm not supposed to deliver you a customer. I'm supposed to deliver you a lead. Um, and, and that was the gut reaction. And then when I sat on it for a little while, I really realized, actually, it really doesn't matter what I think my job is. If my customer can't realize revenue out of the work I'm doing, I'm always going to be at risk of getting fired. And so that was what led us to offering sales consulting and uh, marketing and sales alignment services, because really in making our customers more successful with sales, we're going to make ourselves more successful. Yeah. So when, when you felt that kind of the sting of that, what did the process look like for developing that new service offering? Well, we recognized that there was only so much that we could kind of do on the fly because we really are, have always been a marketing agency. And, you know, there's lots of agencies that will fake it until they make it with sales consulting, but there's only so much you can do, you know? And so we recognize that we could help our clients with implementing, for example, the HubSpot CRM and putting some templates in place, things like that. But if we really wanted to get into true sales consulting, which involves working with sales teams and trying to basically affect behavior change on the part of salespeople, that's a totally different kind of engagement. And you really have to have that expertise and background to do it well. And so we made the commitment to really devote ourselves to that. And in doing so, we brought on a new employee who was, we were really lucky, basically. His name is John Shea, and he had had his own HubSpot partner agency. But he came from that sales background and um, was really more focused on the sales. And so it was the perfect partnership because we had a really strong ability to deliver marketing services and he had a really strong ability to deliver sales consulting and he was a one man shop. And so he has joined us and, and that's enabled us to really um, 
tackle that market head on and do it with the confidence that we're going to be able to deliver results for our clients. That's awesome. We had we had John on the podcast a few months ago, um, just kind of heard his story, how he grew his first agency and then coming on board with you guys. And I think when Gray and I were kind of recapping it and talking about it afterwards, it was, um, you know, you kind of see this as a natural transition point where inbound agencies are out there and we can be really good at generating leads for folks. But what happens at that handoff point if that sales team's not ready and it drops the other day, like you felt out, like it, it comes back on us as agencies. Um, what has the client response been since you've kind of invested in that front and brought John on board? Um, have, have your processes changed at all in terms of how you onboard inbound clients or how you apply services and blend those two things together? Or what has their feedback been? Well, I'll be honest. It's kind of, it's been mixed and I think we're still traveling down that path of, of, fully realizing what we're going to be delivering. So when he came on board, we immediately had one client that had the pain point, recognized they needed help with sales. And so we actually had two separate contracts with them at the same time. We had a contract to do marketing and a contract to do sales consulting. So that was great because it was the perfect way to kick things off. Um, And that that was a, a fairly successful engagement. But what we learned about it is that the... Sales is so complex and really having success in, in affecting change is, is complex. So, for example, the first client we had right before we started working with them, they hired two salespeople. Well, the two salespeople they hired were not the types of salespeople we would have advised them to hire <laughs> had we been involved in that decision. And so you're kind of working with what you're given. And they wound up um, laying one of those people off six months in because it took them it took them a little while, but they finally realized, you know, it just wasn't the right fit. And so that was a bit of a struggle. Um, and, and I think the most successful sales consulting engagements really are longer term. It's, it's not, you can't really do much in three months or even six months. And that contract was a six month contract. So okay. we've recognized that the, the agreements need to be longer term. And then what's happened since that, that very first one is that what we've seen is there are certain companies that come to us and really see the value of the fact that we provide both of those services. And, and those tend to be slightly larger clients because, you know, by the nature of offering sales consulting services, you're, you're talking about a company that has a sales team. Yeah. And a lot of the smaller companies that we had been working with, the owner is the salesperson. And so they can use some coaching, but you're not going to do a full-fledged sales consulting arrangement with them. Whereas if you have a company that has five to 10 salespeople, that's a larger company. You know, they really need to get the team structure right. They have to have a sales process in place. They need a management framework and reporting and and a good CRM. So that's a great candidate for sales consulting. And what it's done for us is it's, it's helped us and kind of nudged us to really move up market a bit more. Um, we are talking with bigger companies now, which translates to bigger retainers on the marketing side. Um, and that's great. And that's a direction we wanted to go in anyway. But it, but at the same time, it also does mean you have to up your own game quite a bit in terms of the way you deliver to clients and have the structure there to support that. And, and you know, they're, they're used to dealing with pretty sophisticated firms. And so the expectations are a bit different, but that's for us, it's been good. It's really been like a, a great challenge that I think our staff has risen to. Wow. That's really cool to hear that 
you can respond to the market, but then also it's not just about applying a new service. It's going to stretch the way you deliver the service as well. Now, uh, with a marketing as a with a marketing agency background, has the sales side of things um, changed up the way you guys bring on like a new retainer? If you signed it up tomorrow, would you have a different onboarding process now with that inbound sales offering than you did prior to launching that ad, or how does how do you bring on a new client in that space? Well, I think the biggest change is actually not so much to our onboarding process. It's um, more to our discovery process that we use as part of our own sales process. So, you know, when we, before we started offering these services, our sales process looked very much like the one that any HubSpot partner agency will recognize because it was it really came from the training that HubSpot provided. You know, you have your exploratory call, your goal setting and planning call, your plans and pricing call, all those, you know, with the, with the question sets that they provide. And it's a great process for marketing, for selling marketing services. But what we realized is that there's an entirely different set of discovery questions that you need to dive into when you're selling sales consulting services. And the, you know, the sort of, ROI calculation has to be more explicit. Um, you know, if you're talking about helping somebody with sales, you really need to be able to speak to how is it going to move the needle in terms of your close rates and what should you expect in terms of increased revenue and what's the payback for what you're going to invest in our services. And, we, you know, we'd always sort of done that on the marketing side, but it's a, it was a little less explicitly connected Um, But on the sales discovery side, you know, really diving into questions about their existing process and um, their deal size, the margins on their deals, uh, you know, that whole area was something that we hadn't spent a lot of time on. And now I think we have an incredibly robust discovery process. And I really give a lot of credit to Rich McElhaney, who's our director of sales, because he he's really figured out how to do that in a way that that's really meaningful. I mean, he, he dives pretty deep in with prospects. So by the time they come on board with us, we already know most of what we need to know to hit the ground running. Um, and, you know, we've scoped the project out so that it's going to deliver great results for them. Um, but it, that it makes the sales cycle a lot longer because we spend much more time talking with prospects and, and making sure we understand exactly what their situation is. Okay. Um, so through that, through that longer sales process, um, now really the point you made earlier was interesting when you said like with the sales side, you're trying to crack a behavioral problem and change behavior. And, you know, there's a typical persona that comes along with a salesperson, someone who's, uh, you know, independent is going to be a go-getter, going to go out and make things happen. How have you guys, how have you been able to get into that space and provide consistent follow-up with those folks so that behavior is actually changing and you guys can hit those um, those metrics or those goals that you talk about in that longer discovery process. Has that been a journey? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great question. And, and that's really, I think, where we saw that dividing line between, you know, how much you can do as a marketing agency versus when you really need to bring on somebody with sales expertise. So when you're talking about behavior change, there's a lot of research out there that basically shows that that salespeople will not change their behavior unless they have an incredibly consistent and, and ongoing program that that works with them to to achieve that. So so if you think about the typical 
sales training. It's, you, you know, you're working for a company, you have your national sales meeting, the company brings in a trainer and they say, we're going to have a boot camp today. And, you know, we're going to do eight hours of you know, sales training and everybody gets excited and they go to it and it all sounds great. But then you leave and within two weeks, you're not, you haven't absorbed anything. You've lost yeah. it all. Um, so what we do is we actually structure long-term and I'm talking like six to 12 month one-on-one coaching with specific reps. So when we start working with a new client, um, you know, we're, we'll usually begin by identifying one or two reps from what might be a larger team. And, you know, we pick the ones that have the greatest potential to be successful with the program. And the way we figure that out is we use the um, objective management groups assessment. Um, it's something that HubSpot actually also uses when they hire their own salespeople. So this is an online assessment that you can ask a salesperson to take, and it spits out a, a very thorough, comprehensive profile of, of them as a salesperson and what their strengths and weaknesses are. So we can tell by those assessments who's going to probably be more successful. And we'll pick those one or two people, you know, even if it's a department of 10, we start with that small group and we put them through training and then we maintain a usually once weekly one-on-one coaching with them where they can talk through issues they're having, challenges, they can do role-playing, et cetera. And the whole idea is we need to be able to demonstrate success. So if we're able to get great results with the first one or two people and the other salespeople on the team see the success that those two are having, then it's so much easier to get the rest of the team on board. Whereas if you try and take a, a sales team of 10 people from day one and change the way everyone's doing everything, it's you're really going to run into difficulties because it's too much at once. So we're big believers in you start small, you pick one or two guinea pigs, if you will, and you know make the results speak for themselves and then everybody else will jump on board because salespeople naturally are going to gravitate to whatever is going to make them the most successful so if they see those results happening if they see their colleagues are closing more and therefore you know earning more it's a very natural jump to make that's really cool almost like marketing where you come in and try to find what's the low-hanging fruit that we can implement right away so the client starts seeing results sounds like you do the same thing with your sales almost like from a personality perspective who is best positioned to follow this method and to show success so that we can get everyone else jealous of the success so that they buy into the process. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, that's really cool. It sounds like that, that, that is something that has changed up the way you guys do things, but it's also something that's going to continue to grow and continue to evolve as you get more and more client wins there. Um, now you yeah, got, I think the hardest one is just convincing companies that know us as a marketing agency that we truly do have the expertise on the sales side. That's okay. that's probably the big, the most difficult of all of it. All right, so it's like a perception shift now. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Now on the marketing side, you guys won at least on your you got a couple HubSpot Impact Awards. I wanted to see if you could kind of share some successes that you guys have seen with your clients. Um, and maybe share one of the stories for, from uh, what those awards were about and what the client saw as a result. Yeah. So, um, so the Impact Award, we won Client Campaign of the Year, which was super exciting because we're not a huge agency. You know, there's 11 of us here and um, there are much bigger agencies that that you hear about all the time. And so, 
we had this this project with a local um, eye doctor's practice in the hospital here in town, and they do all kinds of different um, services, everything from cataract surgery to um, glaucoma, retina work, um, just general eye checkups to LASIK. And, and they, we always hold these quarterly executive reviews with our clients where once a quarter they come in and we bring our executive team in to have a bigger picture talk about what's happening in their business and see if it you know, makes sense to really alter their strategy. And at that particular quarterly executive review, we, they came to us and said, we would really like to focus on selling LASIK surgery. And, you know, LASIK used to be really sexy back in, you know, early 19, late 1990s, early 2000s. Um, it was new and everybody was interested in it. It was easy to sell. And over time, it's become more commoditized and people aren't willing to pay as much. Um, and quite honestly, it just, it just you don't hear about it as much. It's not the new hot thing. And so our challenge was, you know, how do you, first of all, get in front of the right audience? Because it's really people between the ages of like 18 and 40, because you want somebody who's stopped growing and, you know, is old enough for the surgery, but also young enough that they don't yet need reading glasses. Yeah. And uh, so the the key, I think, for that campaign was that we sat down with the client and really honed in on the persona. So it's not just this demographic persona of somebody 18 to 40. It, we, we really talked about who could, who is going to really feel the positive impacts of LASIK. And we decided that people who lead a very active lifestyle were probably the, the low-hanging fruit for this particular campaign. Because if you're a triathlete or a swimmer or a runner, you know, having glasses or, or wearing contacts and having something get in them and irritate your eye becomes a real problem and it, it becomes a lifestyle issue. So we wanted somebody active, somebody young, and they had to be from within this geographic region. And, um, you know, we could eventually have gotten there with a very traditional inbound marketing campaign, but they, the client wanted quick results. And so what we brainstormed was who can we piggyback on as an influencer? And that conversation really started because years ago there was a an eye surgeon in this area that did LASIK eye surgery on Tiger Woods. And that particular surgeon got a lot of press because of it. And, you know, we kind of recognized, well, we're not going to get a Tiger Woods because somebody like that is probably going to want to be paid <laughs> to talk about their experience. So we needed somebody who had a big audience, was a, was a regional influencer, but not so famous, you know, not a celebrity who would want to make it into a paid endorsement. So we did find uh, somebody who is a meteorologist who's not on TV. He runs an online presence and does hyper-local forecasting in this region. And he has a huge following. He's got like 250,000 Facebook followers and, wow. you know, tons on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Like he just really has nailed online marketing. I mean, he's, he's doing inbound marketing without probably even knowing it. Um, and we took a chance and just reached out to him and Facebook messaged him and said, hey, do you know, do you have bad vision? Have you ever thought about... LASIK. And the reason he was the right person was that he's within that age demographic and he's super active. I mean, he's always the MC for the local 5K and, you know, he supports a lot of charities. He's involved in the community. He was the perfect representation of that target persona. Um, so we reached out to him and we were really lucky. He came back and said, actually, I do have bad vision and I've thought about LASIK, but I've always been nervous. And 
he did his research. And fortunately, the doctor we were representing is probably the top LASIK surgeon in the whole region. So he was interested, came to meet with her and turned out to be a candidate. And basically, we we structured the campaign in, in a way that we asked him to just we said, we'll give you the surgery for free in exchange for you just talking about your experience, whether it's good or bad. You know, be 100 percent honest. You don't have to hide things that you don't like. But if you like your experience, please talk about it. And he agreed and did a phenomenal four-part blog series um, about what it was like to undergo LASIK. And he talked about all of his fears about somebody operating on his eyes. And he did a video of himself taking his um, contacts out for the last time and what that felt like. And it was just phenomenal. And I think it was really successful because when it comes to selling something like surgery or eye surgery, which is, you know, really something that scares people, having that, that really authentic first person story um, and having it come from a third party made it so much more powerful and so much more trustworthy for the audience. Um, so we, we had those blogs. It attracted a ton of visitors. We then had an ebook people could download. And ultimately, we had a, a coupon offer for people who heard about it through him. And um, it, it was a, a short-term campaign. So it was uh, less than six months. And the client booked, I think, it was between 14 and 20 LASIK surgeries because of it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. That's cool. And so were all the were all the customers who came through a member of of this guy's audience, or was he then? Did you leverage it on top of that with social ads or anything like that to kind of reach more folks than just who read his blog? It was really both. So um, the blogs that he wrote were posted on the client's website and on his website and promoted on both of their social uh, platforms. So the client's Facebook, his Facebook, et cetera. So it was a mix. He promoted it. We promoted it for the client. um, And we directed everybody through um, a landing page on the client's website. Uh, So, you know, even if they didn't necessarily come from his Facebook page, they still needed to use a coupon code that we provided through the different content assets we created as part of the campaign. Very cool. That sounds like an awesome story was how was the, what did the clients say or what were, what were their thoughts as you guys were presenting this idea of going out and finding someone who would fit that Tiger Woods story? Um, were they on board from the beginning or did it take some convincing? Oh, they loved it. I mean, they were the ones who were like, can't we do something like Tiger Woods? And, <laughs> you know, we sort of had to disabuse them of the notion that, that a big celebrity would, would do this. But as soon as we mentioned this particular influencer, they knew who he was. I mean, he is really popular. So it was like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't we ask him? That's, that's perfect. Um, and I think we just got really lucky that he not only had bad vision, but was interested in doing this. I mean, there were a lot of pieces that kind of did have to fall in place, but, um, but in general, I think, you know, using that combination of inbound marketing and, and an influencer, can be so powerful because it it definitely I think what it did for us is it got us in front of a much bigger audience faster and um and it made the sales cycle much shorter for the client because when people heard about it through him they immediately trusted the doctor because they trust him and so it was that you know stamp of approval that I think helped make the decision much easier for people that's really cool has has kind of the success of that campaign influence any any other campaigns you guys have done for other clients or is this kind of triggered new thoughts on how to go about 
do an inbound at all? Yeah, I think it's definitely opened our eyes to the to the impact that influencer marketing can have. And so now, you know, when we do design new campaigns, that's always a part of the conversation. Like, is this something that we should involve an influencer in? And it's also now part of our discovery process when we do inbound strategies is who are the key influencers in your space and how can we weave them into the strategy we're creating for you? That's great. If you can if you can kind of piggyback off of an established community, leverage that audience and that influence there with just that real third party testimonial, that's that is really powerful. And it's cool to see that the client had that many uh that many of actual sales from it as well. It seems very measurable. Yeah. I mean that's the that's the great part is that, you know, you get to measure it all in HubSpot and it tells the full story. So you gotta love that. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Um all right, so Shifting gears a little bit, um, you said you're running a team of 11. Do you guys have any uh, any tools that you love to use that listeners um, might not have heard of already? Mm, well, um, when I think about the tools we live in every day, um, you know, I, we couldn't live without our project management platform. And we just we're actually this week in the process of moving from Basecamp to Teamwork which I am in love with. But other than that, I think some, we have a couple of little things that we really like. Um, for example, on the web design side, we use a tool called Gather Content, um, which is great. It's an online platform that lets you really set up uh, a portal for collecting written copy and images and videos and any other content assets that you might need. And we use it to build websites, but you can use it to really build anything. It could be for an ebook, it, you know, an infographic, what have you. But it makes um, collaborating on content much easier. So that's one kind of cool one. And then the other one that we really like is um, Proof HQ. So anytime we do graphic design work or even web design work, we put the draft designs into Proof HQ. And that allows our client to review it, edit it, make comments all in this very visual portal. So you can especially it's especially useful if you have, for example, multiple people making comments because everyone can see everybody else's markup and you can also see multiple versions. So if you wonder, you know, how did we make this edit? You can go back and look at the history. So that's that's a really great tool. Oh, that's cool. I'm checking it out now. I haven't. Haven't seen this one before, uh, but it seems like it'd be really powerful, especially when you're getting designs approved and just collecting yeah. thoughts on it. My designer loves it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, now, last question for you. We've talked a lot about the business, but I want to talk about you personally as you're leading the company. Um, is there anything that you've found that helps get your day going, get you on the right page so that when you come to work, uh, you know, you're kind of ready to dive into the day? Any hacks or any morning routine that you see yourself walking through on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, I, do, I don't necessarily have one routine that I follow every day, but I think the two things that, that really help me stay on track personally, one is before I go to bed and then again when I wake up in the morning, I always just look at my calendar for the day to sort of mentally prepare myself for everything I have to get done. Um, you know, so there's no surprises. There's no meeting that I forgot I scheduled. It's, you know, I look at it the night before I look at it in the morning and I'm kind of in the right frame of mind for the day. And then the second thing that I'm a huge believer in is meditation, actually. Um, 
the days I'm able to take 15 minutes and just sit quietly and meditate are definitely the best days. They, uh, they are more organized, I'm more productive, and I'm way less stressed out. <laughs> That's great. Um, I read a I read a article in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago just about the all the apps that are coming up to kind of help fo- help stimulate meditation and help get folks to that stage and diving into what is that helpful or do you need to kind of do it through slow learning? Do you use no, any? No, actually, the apps are great. I use an app. I can't even remember what it's called, but um, but um, oh, I think it's called Simply Relax or simply being something like that. And it's a guided meditation app and it's great. You don't really have to know anything. If you get an app and and you get one, that's a guided meditation, you just listen and there's somebody telling you what to do and how to do it. Um, so that's, that's how I do it is I put on the app and I listen and there's this lady whose voice I hear and (laughs) she tells me, you know, what to relax and how to think. And it, it just works. And I think part of the reason it works now is that I'm conditioned that as soon as I hear her voice, I got to go into the zone. It's like Pavlov's dog, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's really cool to hear that that's, that's something that you've tried out and you actually see it impacting your day-to-day life and work is better because of that. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Awesome. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for coming on here and you've shared so much great stuff about how you kind of discovered the inbound sales process um, by getting fired and how that whole kind of side of the agency is continuing to grow and evolve. It was great hearing about the success story um, with a local influencer. I know there's a lot of tips um, that listeners are going to take away from this episode. If anyone had any follow-up questions or wanted to reach out and say hi, is there a, a good way to they can get in touch with you? Yeah, um, they can always tweet me. My um, Twitter username is at workmommywork. And my email address is Kathleen at QuintaneMarketing.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your inbound agency journey. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at DoInbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.